Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Greg Klosterman, Mariah Mattingly, Brian Seifert, White Corn, and all of our Patreon supporters, and of course you, yes you the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Bob Hearn, how are you, man? Hey, doing pretty good. It's great to see you. Uh, congratulations on winning HOTS. Before we, we get into the race and all that stuff, I, I, I have to address something. First of all, there's two okay. things I got to bring up, Bob. The serendipitousness right. of this whole thing. So, you know, Western states happened while you guys were busy yep. running through the South. You know, Courtney DeWalter did something that she's going to change the sport forever. I mean, I think what she did was she said, okay, guess what? <laughs> Y'all didn't think we could do this. And I mean, the time Surprise! Absolutely yeah. <laughs> incredible. But I was looking at old old results, and my buddy Travis ran Western States in 2014, and I was there crewing, and, and I, I paced the last section. And as I'm looking yep. at the results of Western States 2020, uh, 2014, I noticed a gentleman finished 58 seconds ahead of him named Bob yeah. Hearn. <laughs> I was like, yep. how crazy is that? You probably passed us going down Roby Point into the stadium. You know, yeah. like probably crossed paths. Uh, that was so cool. I'm like, oh my God, look at Bob. <laughs> You've come a long way since running 23 something at Western States, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was hard. I got to tell you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. The other thing I want to talk about before we break this down is I don't know if you guys could hear this or not, but HOTS, this incredible race that Laz has that Bob just won that Jeff took seventh place. Seventh, yeah. So we have two top 10 finishers of HOTS. We're the only podcast that has two there top go. 10 finishers yeah. of, mm -hmm. of HOTS on it. Um, the very first day when I was checking, you know, just, just the check-ins and seeing what was going on on the course, I don't know, Bob, if you could hear me or sense my frustrations but i was yelling at my phone so loudly and you know why i was yelling at my phone so loudly because you were ahead of bob Hearn oh, the yeah, first yeah, 12 yeah, hours that's right and all i was doing is screaming <laughs> slow down slow Jeff, down why are you ahead of bob Hearn? slow down and i was just shouting that over and over and over again jeff what was your race strategy I 
just go <laughs> just go you know that was a stupid strategy it was stupid i, well, I didn't do too bad yeah <laughs> well I, I i don't know what you mean that jeff was ahead of me i so i stopped they they told us there would be this stop for biscuits half a mile yes, in that there would be yeah. no services for another 30 miles yeah. which yeah. was not true so I stopped for biscuits and that took like seven minutes. And then after that, I started, after that, I caught up with Jeff and I passed him. He caught me on the long downhill stretch, that three mile downhill stretch. Wait, the only reason you were ahead of Bob is because he stopped to get biscuits. Indeed. <laughs> but, but I was, I was actually in first twice. What, did Bob have to go to the bathroom after the biscuits no, or something? No, in, in the first 10 miles, I was in first place twice, so. <laughs> There's a whole lot of this right. going on. Yep. Wow. Yep. Good old Bob's biscuits is the reason you had first place. No, it, they had offered up the night before, the day before, something like that. You can order biscuits, uh, the, you know, that way you've got something to carry with you and eat and blah, blah, blah. So I, I actually ordered two, but I got to thinking about it that morning when I got up. I'm like... You know, I don't, I don't think I want to yeah. stop. So I actually, r rather than uh, Laz wanted everyone to stop, that said they were going to stop. So I gave another runner money. I said, just give the money to him, and you can have the biscuits, or they can keep. Them, but I'm, I'm going. So that's what I did. Because you wanted to be yeah, the first person smart. at mile ten. Yeah. Because Jeff was like, you know what? I'm I gotta get to ahead win. Of I'm going to win the first ten miles. <laughs> that is my goal. I'm going to win the first ten miles. That's what, that's what it was. And then Bob's gonna run yeah. by me. Uh, like I'm standing still. I want to ask both of you because both of you have done Vol State before. Yeah, Bob, you you have the title. You've won Vol State before. You're the king of the road, um, and you both have done Hots now. What, after doing something like Vol State, and we'll start with you, Bob. Like, what was it about Hots that made you want to to give this race a go? Well, it's described as kind of like the graduate version of Vol State. Mm -hmm. You know, you mean the the two things. Um, Vol State, you can be crewed or screwed. Hots, you have to be screwed. No crewing allowed. But the cool thing is um, Vol State has been around for years. It's a very established course. Everybody knows it. Hots is a new course every year. And you don't find out what the course is until the night before the race. So it's... Um, there's a lot of anticipation and guessing game about where the race might start. Right. It goes on for months before the race. And then that night before the race, when you get the map, then it's time to do uh, cramming for the final because you're going to need to go the next day and know where the convenience stores and the hotels and stuff are. So it's a, it's a different kind of challenge. Um, for most people, I think the, a big difference is the road angels because there's lots of road angels at Vol State. Tons. And that was one of the yeah. ideas about HOTS is um, if nobody knows the course, then there's not going to be road angels. There are some later in the race, but um, for me, there's essentially no road angels in either case because right. they weren't set up at Vol State. So that wasn't a big difference for me. So the people that don't know, Vol State is a 500 kilometer race, essentially across the state 314 of 314 miles. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, you start and you get in a ferry in Missouri and you cross over here, but you, the bulk of the miles are in the state of Tennessee. It is, and it's a well-known established course, like Bob said. Right. It's no secret. Landmarks and all of that stuff. And then HOTS, Laz, the distance varies, and Laz just drops you off somewhere you have no idea you sign up for a race having no idea what the course is laz just puts you on a bus 
and then drops you off somewhere and gives you the map the night before right. and you have to figure out the map the night before, which to some people sounds absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I, I echo everything Bob says. Just is for me, it was more the excitement factor of the and the unknowns of what's coming. You know, so it was it was mm-hmm. interesting to to go through that. But I think Bob, you you'll agree with me that in the months preceding all the speculation as to where the race would begin, I'd say a solid ninety to ninety five percent thought we were going to start in the deep south. Florida yep. Panhandle, Southern Georgia, right. somewhere in that area. Yeah. And when mm-hmm. we got on the interstate <laughs> and we proceeded eastbound, we're like, okay, we're not going south. What's going on here? We ended up in Fig. Yeah. How yeah. do you how do you train? Both of you. Like, well, Bob, how did you train for a race that you really had no idea if this was going to be flat, deep south, just hot and humid? Or the mountains. I mean, you were in North Carolina. You started in Fig, North Carolina, yeah. and had to make your way back to Tennessee, to the Rock, uh, just outside of Mont Eagle there. How do you train for something you have no idea what the train is for? Well, first of all, I didn't really train. That was <laughs> I, I entered the race kind of at the last minute because I had done the six-day race in France two months right. earlier. And it took like five or six weeks just for my head to get back in the game from that and feel like I wanted to run again. And I wanted to get some decent weeks in to just see if I could be ready for hots, but it just didn't happen. And I just kind of had to cross my fingers and say, well, um, I've done Vol State twice and I'm coming off a big race where I didn't do any real damage and let's, you know, see what experience and residual fitness can do. And it turned out that um, the experience of running the six day um, you know, there's pluses and minus. Obviously, it does a lot of damage to your body, but it's also right. training. And it seemed to me that um, in this case, the training went out. I, I seemed like I was very fit for this race, just sort of miraculously. But, you know, I don't, to your point, I don't think, um, I mean, you know how long the race is going to be and mm-hmm. you know where it's going to end and you're going to be in the South and it's going to be hot and humid and probably hilly. So uh, the specifics of whether it's Florida or North Carolina, Probably it's not going to make that much difference, I think, to as far as what you need to train for. How does it feel, Jeff, to know that Bob just basically said he came in untrained, undertrained, and just kind of doing that, and you busted your butt? No, no, I was undertrained. Also, no, you busted your butt. You busted your butt for three months to only beat Bob for ten miles because he stopped for biscuits. I'm sorry, you know. How does that make you feel? Great. <laughs> no, I think I think in actuality I was well trained. It's just I had no idea going in how it was going to play out without some some big some big mileage weeks, which I just didn't have. But but the six day, you know, that was four hundred seventy one miles yeah. in six days, and that turned out to be a, a net plus. I was I was uh, expecting. You know, like I said, I thought we'd start probably Panhandle or very southern portion of Georgia, expecting to go through the mountainous area of North Georgia somehow. So I knew mm-hmm. there'd be I knew there'd be hills at some point. Um, where we started, we actually got them a little earlier than later. Uh, that yeah. first first big hill was like, whoa, man, baby, that was that was a doozy, like twelve, thirteen hundred feet of climb. Thank God for yeah. those biscuits. <laughs> Thank God but, for those biscuits. That was nice because the first day was the cool day, so yeah. we got those two, two big climbs out of and, the way. And I was yeah. expecting the heat and humidity, like you alluded to, but what I was not expecting was the amount of rain we had. Now you may have missed a good bulk of that. I don't know, but 
Well, we got caught up in some pretty nasty oh, yeah. stuff for a while. It was pretty bad. Yep. It is interesting weather-wise because you guys are talking about you got a cold day. Like Vol State, you, there's no cold days. There's none. There's no cool days. There's nothing because yep. the race takes place in July. So there are not going to be days that are under 85 degrees. Not likely. During the day for Vol State. But I think your first day was like 75-ish yeah. for the high. Something like that. It felt, it felt cool. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And a lot of it was, was shaded too. Which you don't get a lot of on the Vol State course. You don't get a lot of shade, do you? No, it's yeah. kind of sporadic. So, mm-hmm. Bob, Vol, Vol State is more of an east-west oriented yeah. course, and you're either facing the sun or it's at your back the whole time. And this one, we're kind of up and down, yeah. north-south. So, we yeah. got a little mixture of everything. Uh, Bob, I know from the last time we talked to you after you won Vol State, which the episode is called All Hail uh, King Bob Hearn. This episode is called All Hail Queen Bob Hearn. Right. Um, for, and we'll explain that coming up yeah. in just a minute. Yeah. But you, one thing I loved about that interview was, first of all, your mind is a beautiful thing. I love the way you process things and the way you lay things out and, and, and just that kind of how you process a race and the planning and the pace and all that stuff. Kind of walk us through what was in Bob's mind as far as race strategy and planning and pacing and that sort of thing during hots? Well, I guess the first thing to say is that I had a flight um, out to a conference, and so I needed to finish in five days if I wanted to make my flight. And given it's a 347-mile race, and I did Vol State in three days, four hours, um, it's an extra 33 miles. You're thinking, okay. Maybe it'll be hillier, you know, Road Angels, I don't get those anyway. Seemed to me five days was a pretty safe bet. But, you know, a few days before the race, Laz and Carl sent out this email saying, we don't expect anyone to finish in under six days. Right. You're so like, I'm kind of like, uh-oh. <laughs> okay, what what are they going to throw at us here? And then they, they just really love to yank your chain. Like they, another thing was they told us in an email, okay, there's going to be three sections of the race um, that are off-road. And if you need to drop and call in the meat wagon if you're on one of these stretches um you're going to have to get back to the road you got to backtrack yeah um okay because we knew like it's like uh, you know at the end of the bus ride we're in north carolina or we're we're in northeast tennessee we weren't in north carolina yet um we can figure out oh and we found out that evening we're going to start in fig north carolina so everybody's pouring over that before we get the map and then we're like you know the appalachian trail goes right by there we're going to have like 30 miles in the Appalachian Trail as part of this race or what? And um, we get the course map and the final email. And so these three off-road sections are at the very start of the race, you go through the Fig Tunnel, which is literally a tunnel (laughs) under the road at the start of the race. It's about 20 feet long from one side of the road to the other. And the, the second off-road section is in Bluff City. You cross this swinging bridge, yep. which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And the third, which was my bane, is in Morristown the down the elevated main street, walkway. Yeah, elevated sidewalks. You have to go through. You have to go up on the elevated sidewalks through Morristown. So all these were a joke as far as <laughs> off-road sections where you're going to have to get back to the road. But I was a little bit intimidated and. Um, 
But yeah, once we got the map and I was looking at it and I could see, okay, it's, you know, fair amount hillier than Vol State. Um, but there don't seem to be any showstoppers, don't seem to be any huge. I mean, I could only plan so far ahead. I could, I started mapping out on the map where, you know, the convenience stores and hotels are, but I didn't have time to get very far before no, I had can't. To, go, go to sleep. But it didn't look like there was going to be, you know, any monstrous deserts without services. Um, so I was just sort of, you know, going to race started. I'm just kind of running to my comfort level. Unfortunately, you know, I had two vol states to calibrate against. And the first day I was uh, my first, you know, you report, you report your um, mileage every 12 hours. Mm-hmm. That's, that's you, when you see what everybody's splits are and where your competition is and so forth. And my, my first two 12 hour splits, I think like 57 miles and 111 right. miles were very comparable to what I last ran at all state. And I felt like I was using less effort than I had at all state because it was cooler, even though it was hillier. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is really good. This means I should certainly finish in under four days. I don't have to worry about my conference. And, um, but then it got hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of snuck up on us. You're like, oops. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But no, I was I was really calibrating against my prior Vol State efforts. And so I was... Um, yeah, not it's, not doing anything too crazy as far as going too fast or or walking too much. Just kind of running to my comfort level, calibrated by by ball states. It's it's interesting you said because I I don't know about you, but for me, hots day one, I had a higher mileage in hots day one than any of my previous two ball state starts. Uh huh. It was like. What's going on here? And it was hillier too. I think yeah. you're right. The cool weather was a, is a was yeah. a big factor there. I think I ended yeah. up with 80, 86 for day one. Where normally Ball State, I'm a 70, 75 mile guy. But yeah. uh, another point on the off road segments, if you recall, there were, I believe it was two overpasses. <laughs> you're, yes. running, you're running down a road and you have to get up on this overpass. Yeah. And you're expecting to see an on off ramp type setup. Yeah. There are none. You, oh, so you have to figure up. out how to get up there. So you have to go <laughs> off trail basically to get up there. So it's like, Laz, you ass. <laughs> yeah, that, that we were not warned about. Yeah. And the first one was kind of amusing. The second one was not so amusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Concur. It's, it's like the first one, it's, it's, it turns out the first one was like training for the second one. It was right. okay, not a big deal. You realize there's no on-ramp. And okay, that's where the GPX goes. You, you follow the Just track. Ramble, that's right. Ramble right. up the embankment and climb over the railing. And yep. okay, very funny, guys. But then the next one, it was at like mile 259 when you're totally trashed and There's the overpass that- is, is much higher. Yep. And to get up underneath it, it's just this big hill of rocks rock and riprap and all this stuff. Scramble yeah. up the rocks, and then once you're up at the top of the rocks, to actually get out to the side and get up on the overpass, you have to force your way through all these thorn bushes. 
<laughs> and so it's like a little bit of Barkley yeah. thrown into the quotes just just <laughs> like, for fun. So it's kind of kind of interesting, yeah. So um, yeah. you didn't have to bring your trail shoes, is what you're saying. You didn't have to pack no. your trail shoes in <laughs> yeah. for these for these. But my the, my sections. feet were killing me at that second. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah. man. Yeah. What about the support? And how did you how did you how did you plan out your because you you can't have a crew here. This is all you. How did you plan out like rest and nutrition and all of that on this unknown course, only having a certain amount of time to look at that map? Yeah, I just did pretty much what I did at Vol State. The only difference was I didn't know where the hotels were, which Mm -hmm. I do know at Vol State. And that was annoying at times trying to find a hotel when I wanted one. But my basic plan in in these races is um, take a little nap the first afternoon um, run through the first night. And then after that, every afternoon in the heat of the day, try to find a hotel for about three hours. Yep. And that's about two hours sleep and about an hour overhead to shower, wash clothes, treat blisters and yep. gear down, gear up again. And that, that seems to work pretty well for me. And this time, you know, like when I ran that ball state course record, um, I didn't stop much at night, like a total of, I think, 35 minutes uh, stopped over the three nights. And here I ran through the first night. But after that, I just when I got tired, I would go find a church porch and lie down for 20 yep. minutes. And yeah. I didn't see any reason to, to kill myself like I was at Vol State. I was way ahead of everybody and I was going to finish in plenty of time for my conference. And um, I just was a little kinder on myself, which actually my wife had given me that advice on her. We'll get to a, a point in the story where I had this conversation with my wife, but uh, yeah, I was a little kinder to myself this time. Yeah, the the whole hotel thing, it's like, uh, Vol State, they're kind of known where they're all, all at. This one, we were mm-hmm. uncertain. So you just, sometimes you'd find one earlier than you wanted, but if you didn't take advantage of it then, you know, you'd, you'd lose it for God knows how long. So some days yeah. I'd take it, a bit earlier and some days I'd take it as late as uh, 10 30 at night and still you know go down for two three hours at a whack and then get up and just go again the only yeah. thing I picked up in the last five minutes of Bob talking was he wasn't worried about you so he felt like he could take naps <laughs> I was you know what I wasn't worried about Bob either so <laughs> I knew I should have tripped him right at the start I knew it uh, well he was busy getting his biscuits <laughs> that's what it was <laughs> nutrition wise along the the, like like you know a lot of us will have certain things we really enjoy and you really can't be fussy when you're in the middle of the deep south and the rural south and your aid station is essentially gas stations and dollar generals what was your nutrition plan bob and then we'll we'll ask jeff his nutrition plan which wasn't biscuits by the way someone else ate his biscuits yeah well plan is maybe going going a little too far um I started with a couple payday bars in my vest. Those are great because they don't melt Mm -hmm. and there's carbs and fat, sugar, protein, protein. everything's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did grab a couple biscuits, you know, it, they had warned us, this is all you're going to get for 30 miles. That was not true. And I'd had a big omelet that morning for breakfast at the hotel. So in fact, I didn't. And also, you know, they were kind of setting this up so everybody would race this first half mile to this biscuit place, right? Which I did. I, I got there first. I was the first in line, <laughs> but it still took me like seven minutes to get my biscuits and get out. And I thought that was 
wasted time because I did not really need that. He's like, food I could have been up there with Stafford. See, that's- <laughs> right. I could have led the but, whole um, thing. I, yeah. But the biscuits I shoved, they were, you know, like sausage egg biscuits and I right. shoved them in my pack and those were nice munching later that afternoon. Um, I did fast food a couple times, McDonald's, Subway. Um, biscuits in the morning when you can get them are great. Um, the last morning, I was not able to find any real food at all. It was just um, – so the other thing is I started um, nutrition-wise and, and fluid-wise. I carried – I had a vest with two 20-ounce bottles in the front and a couple collapsible bottles in the back. And so I would always have the two bottles full yep. and um, at night, all four bottles full. But generally, I would have one bottle of water and another of Gatorade. So I'm getting a little trickle of calories from the Gatorade. But by about halfway through the race, I just really got tired of the Gatorade. Um, And I switched to chocolate milk, which a lot of people might think is crazy. But you can get chocolate milk at the convenience stores. And it's lots of calories. And it's tasty. And it's sweet. And um, so I had, yeah, I had that for the second half of the race in in addition to um, junk food and candy bars. So a lot of a lot of gas station fare, a lot of oh gosh, yeah. a lot of payday yeah. bars and bags of chips, Hunt's and pizza slices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It. It's so funny because mm-hmm. I got I got a I got a message from Jessica Nowak, and she was saying I've had it. I've had a Hunt Brothers pizza, and I saw you had a picture <laughs> from the course of her having a Hunt Brothers pizza. pizza. And Peter Morgan too. Peter Morgan sent me yeah. the same thing. It's like, look, it's Hunt Brothers pizza. Like, ooh, look at this treat of the South, Jeff. What was your kind of fueling plan you, so, you, you bailed on the biscuits right away i bailed on the biscuits yeah. but i did have i had uh two of the uh 250 calorie spring energy gels the speed nut yeah had two of those for emergency fuel yeah and like bob i also kept a payday at all times for emergencies you never know when you get that might be your sole source of food so i had that on me always but uh same thing stopping at gas stations catch as catch can fast food um just pretty standard pretty standard procedure in that type of journey race so what was the best meal you had at hots bob uh i think yeah on the third i know day third evening uh, i actually sat down at a subway to eat a sandwich because i was overcooked and i had mountain dayton ahead of me and i was going to collect myself so i sat down and had a Subway sandwich and chips. And then I took my cookie on the road and I was pissed off because I had ordered a white chocolate macadamia cookie and they gave me a chocolate chip. Ooh. <laughs> God. But the sandwich was awesome. So, so we know that. Low, down to eat it. Yeah. low point number one for Bob was like being, <laughs> being behind Jeff Stafford because of the biscuits. Right. Low, low point, point number two. two for Bob was not getting the macadamia nut cookie and getting the chocolate he was chip getting, He was getting irate. <laughs> That I made said it. Nuts. Um, best meal for you, Jeff. Mine was in Pikeville, and it was a little mom and pop's rest, restaurant called Scotty's. And we stopped in there, and we arrived there just like five minutes after they opened, and had a best home cooked breakfast ever. I mean, it's just mm. awesome. Like three eggs and hash browns and bacon and coffee and juice, just the whole enchilada. And when we got up to leave to pay. The girl behind the counter goes, somebody's already taken care of that for you, sir. I'm like, 
they thought you were homeless. Yeah. <laughs> they paid for it. I'm like, okay, all right, awesome. <laughs> but that was my best meal on the whole course. It was a sit down, eat meal. It was like, yeah, you did you did better than I did. Yeah, it was. You're great. Just doing, yeah, because the last day you were dealing with just gas station food because you couldn't find anything yeah. else. But that's right. Yeah, you talked about the uh, Dayton mountain climb. That was a doozy. I went through there at night, and uh, if you, as you recall, on the top of Dayton, there was that flashing yellow light up at the top there. And then okay. uh, I think about a half mile behind that, I encountered my first vicious dog, and the only vicious dog in the entire course. And it it charged us. Uh, we did not. It did not bark. And when they don't bark, they're they're dead serious. This dog was coming mm, right yeah. at us, and we were just screaming and yelling and beating on this dog. <laughs> finally, wow. finally, he backed off. But we went down the backside of Dayton in the dense fog at night. That was scary huh. because cars were just. Oh yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, very bad experience. Do you think real quick? I want to talk to you guys, but now that you bring this up. There is a danger level to Vol State oh, yeah. and Hots that don't yeah. really exist in any other races. I mean, people are pushing themselves and they're up late and they're they're not rested and they're on the side of busy roads. I mean, is that do you think that is is that underplayed in the race or because you guys get all the 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 communications from Laz and the team like is the danger does the danger need to be talked about more or is it just nominal and it's some imaginations on my point? It's certainly talked about Um, in all the race briefings. It's like the number one thing is your safety is the first concern. Um, But it's it's true. I mean, you're running walking through massive sleep deprivation and you have to be responsible enough to catch yourself when you might be in a state where you might wander out in the middle of the road and you just you have to be proactive about that yeah hence the 20 minute porch naps that you were talking about earlier yep. you know, like at a church you just like i gotta lay down right now which really is interesting because you were talking earlier about how when you had you got the record for vol state and you were pushing that you were pushing 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 yep. where because there is no course record to get for hots because the course is different every single year i mean you win and essentially have the course record yeah. on, on on this course for that course yeah you talked about bob your wife gave you permission to go a little easier on yourself this time around can you can you expand on that a little bit well, so I said, you know, the first day went very well. Um, I was at about, I think I was a little bit farther actually, mile 111 than I was after 24 hours at Vol State. And I felt like I'd used less effort. And um, I saw the 24 hour update. At the 12 hour update, John Clark and Kyle Calbus were right. right behind me. John was uh, the Queen of the South last year. Mm-hmm. Kyle um, was a little bit newer to the scene, but had just done very well at the Capitol Backyard. So he was a big contender. And um, I was in the lead, actually, after the first, like, 13 miles. um, I think I passed Kyle. Didn't see anybody until, like, mile uh, 80, maybe. Um, The middle of the first night, just past Johnson City, I stopped at at a shell station to gear up because I had looked ahead and there was no – I didn't see any 24-hour things open, so I had to get enough fluid to get me through the night. and that. So that was, like, a long – uh, gas station stop and as I was leaving Kyle came in right behind me and then maybe five miles later he I, I turned around and he was right behind me it's like okay well Kyle's gonna pass me that's fine but this is not this race doesn't doesn't it's not a race on the first day right you're just right and um, I kept expecting him to pass me but then when the 24-hour check-in came 
Um, I was at 111 and both Kyle and John were um, in the low 90s. So it's like, okay, well, that's doesn't mean it's over, but it's a different different character to the race. But I was energized because I was thinking, you know, how much under four days am I going to come, you know, on this race that's supposed to take six days. And I was just I was just yeah, I was energized and pumped up. I'd run all the way through the night without stopping. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But then the second morning, it got hot. Yes. And... Um, <clears throat> it started to hit me a lot harder. And the second day was, was pretty rough for me. And um, I was taking more breaks. And then I found a hotel on the edge of Morristown uh, at the right time of day, you know, mid-afternoon when it was hot. And um, that's when I made my big mistake. So I left this hotel in Morristown and uh, Morristown is where these elevated sidewalks are. That didn't mean anything to me. I had just seen this email that said at mile such and such run on these elevated sidewalks. And I didn't know what that, what is an elevated sidewalk? What is well, that? that sounds, yeah. I guess I'll, I'll see when I get there. Um, but it was right after my hotel that I went down the main street of Morristown, completely oblivious to these elevated sidewalks. Cause I was just like, you know, the course is making some twists and turns and I've got it loaded on my Phoenix. I'm just like staring at my Phoenix following the turns and um i go through morristown and then i'm like on this long highway through i forget what it's called to to jefferson city and it's just annoying it's just there's lots of traffic there's not a great shoulder um i thought i'd try something different for food so i stopped and there was like this um puerto rican sandwich um food truck yeah and i thought that sounds good but then i didn't realize it took them like 12 minutes to make my sandwich it's like well damn you know i just lost a mile and um yeah and then so a few miles later i'm i'm trucking on down the road and i'm thinking no wait where's that place where we're supposed to run on the elevated sidewalks and i pull up my email and it's like mile 136 well that was like five miles ago i don't remember seeing any elevated sidewalks what what was i supposed to see so i texted carl who's co co race director and he's like oh you couldn't have missed him you know you must have just been too spaced out to remember i'm like oh okay fine but then you know he thought a little bit harder and called me and we had a conversation it's like you know no i wasn't spaced out i had just I had just had an, you right. know, a two hour sleep. And I think I'd remember if I were like running one story above the story. So he said, well, sorry, you got, you got to turn around and go back and do them. And I was, <laughs> oh, I was really not happy being on this highway. I was on in the first place, looking forward to getting off of it and still pissed off about that mile. I'd lost, lost getting my, my dinner. And, but what can you do? Um, I turned around and went back five miles and there they were. And when I got back to Morristown, I realized, oh, when I was coming down this main street, there was a train coming by the side of the town. And that was attracting my attention as well as like following my GPX. So, but there they were. And I went up on the elevated sidewalks through Morristown. And so that, that cost me 10 miles. And then, so to get back to your question, um, 
that evening, you know, second evening is always really rough for me in races. It's one thing to run through the night, but when you run into a second right. night, your body starts to say, what the hell are you doing? Right. Why, why are you really sure you want to do this? And so it's dark and I'm tired and pissed off and just wasted a bunch of time. And I'm talking to my wife and, um, just really not psyched about doing the whole rest of the race. It's that point in the race where it just feels utterly pointless um, self, you know, it's like masochism. And it's like, I know I can do this. I've done this before. And then I know from experience how much suffering there's going to be in the days left that I have to do this. And what's, what's the point? What do I have to prove? And why am I here? And um, Liz kind of talked me down and said, you know, you just need to be kind to yourself for a while and you know you know that you're not the kind of person who is going to quit a race just because something doesn't go perfectly and you just got to trust you know that that's who you are and you're going to be fine and so so yeah i did and um i got through the night and after that it was better um and uh and i was kinder to myself during the nights and took naps when i needed to to think about you lost 10 miles you know, you were gunning for under four days and you were four days, eight hours and 38 seconds. You think like, had you not had to lose, and then it's not that 10 miles is going to take you eight hours, it's not. But the, the just the defeat of, oh my God, I didn't do those. I'm five miles away. I got to go back. I got to, I got to, I got to backtrack, not a mile, not a quarter mile. You have to backtrack five miles to go do these elevated sidewalks. I mean, that would take the wind out of anyone's sails. And so it seemed like a mental shift happened at that case after you got off the phone with your wife of, I don't, what's the point of going under four days? What difference does it make? I'm sure you've got a good shot of winning this darn thing. You're going to be the queen of the road. Um, You know, not, you know, you're one of the few men that can say you're, you're the queen of the road, Um, you know, but it just mm-hmm. seemed like like the mental switch happened. Did you enjoy this race from day two on more than you normally enjoy things like this? Uh, that's a hard one. There were certainly parts I enjoyed, parts I did not enjoy. I was in rougher patches sometimes. Um, it's uh yeah that's a tough one i enjoy is not exactly the right word right <laughs> <laughs> could we could we use some other word yeah it's like no <laughs> what, what about you jeff what was your lowest moment out there at hots uh my well my low mileage day i think was day four for me three and a half four oh, somewhere in that by the way he texts we have this group text that's been going on for like six or seven years bob it's between <laughs> you know it's just there's four buddies that are in this group text and jeff sends this text he says something like oh my feet are trashed yeah they I were feel horrible i've got no energy but i'm gonna keep on going now what i wanted to say um <laughs> to to him was was listen Maybe you shouldn't have you know, tried to lead Bob Hearn for the right. first day of the race. What I wanted to text. I you wanted should to have say stopped like, for those damn biscuits. You should have stopped for the biscuits, and you shouldn't have tried to beat Bob Hearn for the right. first 10 miles. But what I said was, just keep on trucking. You can do this. You that's, got this. Yeah. Uh, keep on going. That, I think, was the yep. day that you... Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, it, it, the key to the whole thing is just keep moving. Whatever that movement mm-hmm. is, if it's a walk, a shuffle, a run, whatever... 
as soon as you start feeling down and like taking these extended breaks back to back to back to back yeah it starts really playing on your mind you gotta you gotta pull yourself up out of that bad so that was that day for you yeah day day three and a half going into four i think was it was a mental low and it was a low mileage day and my feet were blistered beyond craziness and but i i don't know i just sucked it up how do you how do you pull yourself because there's gonna be people listening to this podcast that never run a race that's 347 miles you know they'll they're, they're they'll do a 50k or they'll do 100 miles and they're gonna have plenty of low spots in those races you guys in hots experience some really really big lows and some sure oh, yeah. some really really big highs how do you pull yourself out of those really low spots we know the one where you know your wife just gave you permission to be kind to yourself but was there another moment was even deeper than that and how'd you pull yourself out of that bob yeah well i think a big part of it um a big part of the motivation in in not listening to those negative thoughts or the ability to not listen to those like negative thoughts just comes from experience and the knowledge that i've done this before um and in my case i've done you know i've done two vol states i've done several six days 48 hours and um so i have more realistic expectations about what's going to happen and knowledge that if it sucks now that's just kind of emotional weather um but i did have some some tougher spots later in the race when um yeah like on the second when i was looking for a hotel on the second day i was in i'd gone through knoxville which i love downtown knoxville mm-hmm. um but but then west knoxville went on forever and forever oh, and God. forever and um tried to find a hotel in west knoxville and i could see there's a cluster of them like half a mile off the road and that's all there is so i go this half mile off the road and all the hotels were full so i just wasted that time and pissed off got back on the road and found a hotel way down the road in lenore city and it was also like half a mile off the road or 0.7 or something off the road um but that was what it was and i called ahead and actually made a reservation there and i i kind of screwed up as i was approaching because we're just going down this long highway um i I forget you remember what it's called jeff this highway that goes out of yeah i don't remember it's long though it's just like yeah never ending yeah and but eventually like five miles before lenore city you turn left and i turned left there and i could see oh there's a shell station or something on the right side of the road um but i don't want to make the effort to cross the road and go over there and if i only had a few miles left <laughs> yep. i probably got enough water to get there yep well I, yeah i didn't have enough water to get there and it was hot and i just really those last few miles to lenore city i was just losing it and you know just in this downward spiral going slower and slower and thirstier and thirstier until finally like um a mile or two miles before uh the hotel i found this um like hot dog bus it was this this um bus that was like a little hot dog stand and that just totally saved my life i had this huge cup of water and this huge limeade and a hot dog and a cookie or something and i just sat there and cooled off and um so that was a rough patch and i was just stupid because i didn't want to waste you know a minute to cross the road to get water that i actually needed and then um 
it was worse the next afternoon. It, again, it was hot and I was, um, I was really spacing out. In the middle of the day, I would catch myself, um, there'd be weird random things going through my head that suddenly I would speak for no reason. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why did I say that? Why yeah, was I yeah. thinking that? And then who, I found who are myself you talking like, having to? Con- yeah. yeah, having conversations with people that weren't there. Right, and I know that's not good, and that's not something I've done before. Um, so I just had to. I found this like um, barn or something by the side of the road, and went and lay down for fifteen minutes. And it was very hot, um, but I just had to give my brain a little rest. And uh, I was I was with it again after that. And right after that is when we had that second overpass scramble. So I had some real choice words for for Laz and Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Mine mine was uh, if you remember, we you went by a hospital and you went down this long, like four mile stretch country road, just straight downhill for like four miles. You crossed over a four lane, then you did like another four mile stretch somewhere else on the same road. Yeah, just like Jefferson City. On that second half of that, I got, I ran out of fluids. I ran Mm. out of fluids for the first time. And I was getting delirious like you from the heat because it was the middle of the day. It was like three o'clock. Sun was just beating down and I was getting like dizzy and stuff. I'm like, I got to get off the road now. And there's nothing out there. There was absolutely nothing out there. So I found a shady spot in a ditch that used to have what looked like an old asphalt driveway that went in maybe 10 feet and stopped. But it was covered in shade. I'm like, I'm going down right there. So I took my empty water bottle and used it as a pillow. (laughs) And and the driveway was somewhat uphill. So I put my feet uphill, elevated them. And I laid there for a solid hour and did not move. And it, it took that long to recover from it. It was pretty bad. Wow. Yeah. So you're sitting in this, and he's sitting on this driveway. You're sitting in this barn in about 15 minutes because you're talking to yourself, yeah. which is yeah. it's so crazy. That's never happened to you before. And all the things that you've done, the six hour, six day races yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. And here it is. You're in the middle of HOTS and you are talking to people that are not there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a new one. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So was it the barn that just giving giving yourself 15 minutes to lay in that 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 sweaty yeah. hot barn was just enough, huh? Yeah. Close my eyes and let my brain go off into la la land. Just let it go where it wants to go and Yeah. Yep. Did you Now you said Knoxville. Did you I'm assuming you went through there in daylight. Yeah. Okay. I went through there. I think it was probably a day day and a half behind you at this point, but wherever <laughs> Knoxville was on the course, I went through there at 1 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And that place was bumping down there. They were oh, people smoking yeah. dope on every street corner. They're drinking <laughs> open containers. There's needles all over the street. Oh, I, I did not stop going through there. Maybe I mean, you should have wow. grabbed a puff. I mean, everybody wanted to talk to you. Hey, you got $20. You got this. You got that. You know, I'm like, ah, I, just, I was hauling ass through there just as quick as I could get through it. And as you recall, we actually had a runner not to be identified, but a runner got robbed in Knoxville. What? Yeah. 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 Well, it wasn't Bob. We know that because nobody no. could keep <laughs> up with him. Yep. And he was going through the daylight. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Somebody yep. got robbed. Yeah. What did he take yeah. his ultimate directions I, water bottle? I, like, oh, that says ultimate directions on it. Give me that. Give me that $30 water bottle. I don't know the details behind it, but someone did get robbed. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, it just it's all the kind of dependent on time of day when you go through there. It's just that could happen anywhere on a course, though. I mean, for crying out loud, you got all these yeah. Billy yeah. Bob's running around at 2 a.m. in the morning, burning truck tires oh my god we were standing bob we were standing me and the other guy uh nathan we were standing Mm -hmm. next to a cemetery it had a street light there and we're standing under a tree because the rain had just started to bot just dump like there was that was the only place for shelter we're standing under this tree in the shadows and this car pulls up and we're thinking Okay, they, they see us. Something's going on here. Be prepared for anything. The guy just stops. He's got neon orange or purple lights under the car. He puts it in first gear and just proceeds to do a huge burnout. <laughs> and just tore off in the darkness. I'm like, what the hell was that all about? He never saw us. Never knew we were there. I'm like, That's funny. Right now, Bob's going, man, I want to run that again, but I want to run it in the middle of the pack under oh, the name God. Robert Hearn. And right. so, <laughs> so nobody knows who I am. So I can see all of these fun oh, things that are some, happening yeah. uh, far yeah. behind you in the race. And the Jessica's in the back. They're doing all the dancing all the time, exactly. the entire race. That's exactly. Great. Exactly. Uh, Bob, when for you did you know that the suffering would be over soon? Did you have those moments when you look at your watch and you go, okay, I'm passing this. Okay, it, it, I'm about to wrap this up. Uh, probably not until Kimball. Yeah. Really. Kimball's um, when it's like you smell the barn then. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, the fourth night, um, you know, if, if for those who listened to the previous one of these, we did, I have to say that's one of the favorite podcasts that I've done. And, um, it might sound a little narcissistic, but I've gone back and listened to it a few times because it's, it really, um, you guys drew the story out of me in a way that I really like. And um, there's, there's little nuggets in there that I still go back and mind myself. And I spent a lot of the time talking about, you know, like this, all these spiritual insights and openings that I had had on the third night. And it's gotten to the point where that kind of experience is really one of the main motivators for doing these kinds of races. Um, And so I was kind of, eager for that but i wasn't really getting it this race really and i don't know if it's because it's kind of become a little too familiar you know it's like this is the third one of these i've done in addition to a bunch of multi-days and i i've learned a lot at the first two and a lot of the procedures are just kind of habit at this point and it's like okay i got this down i'm good at this now i know what i'm doing so i'm not you know, exploring new psychological territory as much as I was the first time. But anyway, the fourth night, um, I had gone over Mount Dayton in the evening. Yeah. Um, and that was actually very pleasant. I was really intimidated by Mount Dayton cause I was really hot and it's like, okay, I'm just going to lie in a hotel until it cools off. Cause I cannot do that in the heat of the day. But then it was overcast and I went up the mountain and Laz and Sander were there taking video of me and I was moving well. 
I go down the mountain, I go into Pikeville and then it's dark. And from Pikeville, you've got like this long, straight, flat oh, highway. God. It's like 40 miles of just dead flat straight. Straight as an arrow. Yeah. And I started going down that and I was like, I don't know if other people have this happen. Sometimes you're in the middle of the night running on a flat road and it doesn't look flat. It looks like it's uphill. Yep. Yeah. Well, this is what was happening to me. I was like, it's very obviously gradually uphill here and it's going to be gradually uphill the whole 40 miles. That, that, I don't really remember that from the elevation profile. So I pulled up my elevation profile and saw this stretch and it's like actually a very gradual downhill, downhill. for the next 40 miles. And I'm like, okay, my brain is screwing with me. And so I, my brain started, I want my thoughts started wandering off in this tangent about how and why my brain was screwing with me. And I sort of started to get back into this same sort of mindset I'd had on the last night of all state where my brain is just like this antenna floating in free space. And if it's not too constrained by external signals, then I can sort of start to tune in to like these deeper realities and things. And so that was finally was like a trigger for me to start getting into these, you know, Zen spaces yeah. or whatever that I was, I was after. Um, but after an hour or so of that, it started raining <laughs> and um, that took all of my attention and, and management to deal with that. Yeah. And uh, it rained for the rest of the way from there to Kimball um, off and on, I must've taken my poncho off and on about 20 times. Um, but then when I got to Kimball, I was starving cause I had not had any breakfast. I had stopped everywhere and there's like, nobody has any biscuits. Nobody, there was one breakfast restaurant, but I would have had to sit down for like 20 minutes and I wasn't going to do that. Um, but I made it to Kimball and it's like, okay, all I got to do is another 14 miles, but I'm going to check in early and take a half hour nap. Um, yeah. but I, you know, got to my room and took off my shoes and my feet. Oh my God. They're on fire. <laughs> I've, I've run through the two of all states that I did both had thunderstorms and those, that was my favorite part of the race. Cause I was able to stay cool and run efficiently and my feet were not really too bothered, but this time my feet looked like they were from Mars. Cause it's like, yeah, I think it's cause I had not um, dealt. I had a bunch of calluses that I had not bothered to remove and the callus, I think what happened was the calluses absorbed that water and just like swelled up into like this mystery tissue, but it's like, it wasn't <laughs> blisters exactly, but my feet are just covered with this stuff. That's like, what, what do I even do? What's going you know? on here? <laughs> if, I wasn't, if I wasn't almost done, I would have had to seriously consider whether to continue the race, but I just taped over everything and crossed my fingers. <laughs> wow. And, um, yeah. So after my half hour nap, um, then I knew that the, the end was, was near, but then it had stopped raining and it was very hot and super humid because, um, as Laz pointed out, it's that it's just sucking up all that moisture back up into the air that just got rained down. So, so the last 14 miles were, um, hot and humid, but, but, um, I wasn't really racing against the clock and I was just doing my, you know, due diligence and I knew that it was going to get there. So yeah, around Kimball, I finally started to breathe easy. 
I love this. You bring it up again. First of all, I love you listening all those times. And with Spotify now, boy, I'm getting a lot of money from Bob Hearn listening to those commercials. <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's like, oh, here comes another Lowe's commercial. Oh, it's Navy <laughs> Federal again. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's Bear Chips. Oh, it's the, it's the iced tea thing um, coming up again. <laughs> um, but no, I, I love your why. And you talked about it there about going to these these mental spaces these weird avenues where you can explore the separation of mind and body and you yep. have you have and we may have talked about it on the last one i've interviewed a lot of people since then bob so you can forgive me um but but you have an incredible sense of mindfulness and what i mean by that is you seem to have a separation between what is happening to you and how you react to it and you almost you can you can separate yourself from your thoughts from your emotions from your whatever and look at it almost like from a bird's eye view and kind of and kind of almost observe your you're observing your yeah. thoughts as this as this scientist, you're like this professor in a lab coat stepping back from Bob Hearn's mind and going, why is Bob thinking this? And what is going on with Bob here? And you're, you're almost, it's like third person. Yeah, you do. You, <laughs> you, you do these long things because you crave this, this area where scientist Bob, this, this, this being of light steps out from the body of Bob and can observe what's going on yeah. in the brain. It's so a really interesting perspective. I mean, I, I have been doing mindfulness meditation for several years, but it's um, that perspective of being a scientist observing myself. I don't, it's, it's almost like, you know, this is the spiritual side of myself that I see as almost an opposition to, you know, my scientific worldview that I've held for most of my life. Mm -hmm. But that's certainly true that one of the goals of mindfulness is to observe your thoughts and be aware and separate out the, the, the sensing and feeling and thinking from the reacting. Yeah. And I do try to do that. Yeah. I, th I think kind of along those same lines, it was a little different for me. And I think for most people that complete or are fairly successful at these journey runs, they learn or have learned to divorce their mind from their body. Um, I don't practice mindful meditation, but I think my background in the military where you have to compartmentalize your brain to accomplish whatever it is and ignore everything else, that that's helpful. Oh yeah, and you yeah. you but you tend to get emotional. Yeah, you, yeah. As, yes, yeah. cuz Jeff gets I know because Jeff left a comment my wife had posted a picture like Jeff is Jeff is on the course scrolling Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff is on the course going like, oh, let's check out these. Let's see how many <laughs> likes I have on this picture. And so I knew that Jeff was feeling down and starting to get emotional when my wife posted a picture of our dog. Yes. And Jeff yeah. commented, Tess is such a good dog. Please give her a treat for me. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yep. yep. that's true. <laughs> Yep. That's great. I'm like, oh, Jeff's suffering. And, yeah. then he put, and then he posts again. He's like, my wife posted something about Father's Day. And in one of those great, like Ryan's a great dad posts, which I look, read and I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then Jeff goes, you're right. Pluck Daddy is a good dad. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, oh, Jeff's so, <laughs> so I could, I could, I could divorce my mind from the pain. In this case, it was blister, severe hamburger feet. But I mm. noticed as long as I was moving, I could do that pretty successfully. 
But when I stopped, because I knew I had to stop for rest at some point, when you get yeah. up, oh my God, it's just, oh yeah, all that pain is just flooding your brain all at once. It's mm-hmm. just like, whoa, yeah. and you got to get moving to get rid of it again. Yeah. And, you know, everybody deals with that, but that, yeah. that kind of ties into like, if there was a theme for me of this race, it was the really surprising contrast between the external realities of what it was I was doing and the perceptual world that I was living in, you know, like those, those last few miles into Lenore city, it was not that hard what I was doing, but it was, it was a monumental effort. And then I was, you know, dreading going over, um, Dayton mountain, uh, in the heat of the, in the heat of the day. And, um, just dying because I was already talking to myself and it was effortless. <laughs> I was just, I, I mean, I wasn't running up it, but I was walking effortlessly up it and I was running once it leveled off. And um, this thing about your feet is, you know, I think there's, there's two things to that. There's something physiological because when you stop um, fluid accumulates yeah. and so there's pressure there and you start running on it and that pressure, that fluid has to be pumped back up by working muscles. But more than that, there's the, you know, habituation to the pain and your brain, some part of your brain, I guess this is the key for me. And this is sort of like the path of insight I was going down the last night is that, you know, our minds are made up of all these little pieces that are the reality that is real for us is not the physical world of atoms and molecules and and gases and things. It's the world of trees and people and relationships and feelings. And these, these realities don't exist in the real world. They exist in our head Mm -hmm. and they're constructed by brain processes Mm -hmm. that happen. And those brain processes work the way they do for evolutionary reasons, because they want us to survive and reproduce and so forth. And I'm like thinking running through this night, that's like, yeah, my feet stopped hurting because this little brain process decided that it wasn't the most effective thing because it knows, you know, that, okay, I'm going to have to run another 10 miles. It's not going to be, I've, I've already tried to talk him out of running those 10 miles and it's obviously not working. So let's stop that. But yeah. everything that you feel and everything that you think is, you know, a result of thousands of these brain processes going on. I mean, it's, it sounds trite to say that, but but in in that moment, that fourth evening, I was really experiencing this and feeling that my identity was not, you know, an, an ordinary human atomic stream of consciousness. But I could feel that myself and my identity was made up of all of these little processes that are going on, trying to construct my reality in whatever way they think is best. I knew I'd get the goods out of you again, Bob. I knew it. I knew it. I was waiting for this moment. I was waiting for this. I was setting you up. No, this is so cool to talk about this because you talked about the spiritual side of you. And I talked about, you know, the, the little scientist in a lab coat that looks like Bob that's observing the mind. But have you had the, the revelation? Talk to, you talk spiritually here. In these races that you do and in analyzing your brain, the most beautiful brain in ultra running, I'm going to call it right now. You may not win ultra runner of the year, Bob, but you're winning most beautiful brain in ultra. Beautiful mind. (laughs) In all of these explorations of why things are happening, why, you know, separating yourself from making the conscious decision like Bob Hearn is not making the conscious decision to, to do all these things. He is, the body's reacting. The, the mind is creating all of that. 
have you had the the spiritual awakening of destroying the self do you do you live in a space where you look at bob hearn as a character that 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 this that this eternal being is playing have you have you had a moment of enlightenment because of all of this well, I mean, that's that's what I get during the during or after these races mm-hmm. is moments of enlightenment and sometimes at other times. But, um, you know, I don't live in an enlightened state. I can say I've had enlightenment experiences, <laughs> but, right. um, you know, there's a great book by Jack Cornfield, um, who's a, a great Buddhist teacher yeah. called um, After the Enlightenment, the Laundry, saying, <laughs> right. you know, right. just because you've been enlightened doesn't mean you suddenly transcended to another plane and you got to take care of business and take care of your life. And um, you still got to pay those bills. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. But still, it's it's so amazing. And so many people have so many different whys, right? I talk to people Mm -hmm. that why they do these things is because they want to prove that they're as tough as their father, or they want to prove that they can overcome hard things or whatever. Your why of trying to get yourself to these moments, these spiritual awakening moments, these moments of just everything is firing and you're existing in this space between conscious thought and the world around you. I mean, that is the coolest why ever. (laughs) I love it. Jeff, pressure's on, man. He smoked smoked (laughs) you after 10 miles. What's your why? PBR at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Bravo, bravo. <laughs> just, just, just a nice cold beer, you know. It's like everyone, I'm a simple man. Right. So. Everyone going, oh, Ryan and Bob are going down a right. trippy avenue, right. and all of a sudden Jeff goes PBR, and like, oh, thank God, and we're done. Okay. Oh, thank God, they saved us. No. Um, what is next for you, Bob? That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, Spartathlon is my favorite race, mm-hmm. and last year, you know, one thing I haven't talked about. Um, I had this awesome race two years ago, Ball State, I ran the course record. Yeah. And I kind of knew, and we, we talked about this, this during the podcast, it's like, I feel like I ran a perfect race and that's the best thing I'm ever going to do. And it's all, I don't know what comes after, what, what comes after running a perfect race. And in fact, you know, last year I was injured all year and I sort of felt, well, I guess that was it. I had my perfect race and I'm now officially over the hill and I'm never going to recapture my former glory. And um, so this year I just ran this six day race. I didn't hit the numbers I was after, but I won the race by over a hundred kilometers. And I was, I got through it healthy without any big injuries, which was a first for a six day. Two months later, I come and I run hots and um, yeah, there's no such thing as a course record, but mine was the, the fastest of the four finishes on the longest course. So it's the next best thing. Right. And, um, and so I feel I kind of lost my train of thought. I was connecting it to your question. (laughs) Um, but, Oh, what's next? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in this weird place where I feel like I'm back, but, um, because I was injured last year, I did not run an auto qualifier for Spartathlon. So I had to enter the lottery. I was way down the wait list and I just barely missed getting in. I'm at the top, top American left on the wait list. And so I'm not into Spartathlon, which really sucks because I DNF'd last year for the very first time. You want revenge. And I I have unfinished business there, but, um, I'm going to go crew somebody, uh, at Spartathlon, Chris Rice. Um, 
the, the odd, you know, the, the, the um, elephant in the room here is the Laz has this new race, the third circle of hell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which is longer. It's like 370 miles and it's like, what is it like 30 major mountain crossings or yes. something? It's just utterly abusive. And I, and when I first saw that, I'm like, why not? Okay, whatever. <laughs> why, why would anybody want to do that? But now there's like this family, you know, Lavs or Vol State is like the undergraduate course and HOTS is like the master's course yep. and third circle is the PhD. And there's people who are doing all three of them. Um, and that's called like the salute to insanity or something. Um, so uh, there's a part of me that wants to do all three of them. I, I wasn't going to do Vol State because it would be too close to Spartathlon because, well, now there's no Spartathlon. Right. Um, I kind of don't think, I think I'm leaning towards maybe doing the third circle, um, but not, but not um, Vol State. Cause I'm already, I've already got, I'm the king of the road, um, which I was recognized by the Tennessee state legislature. Mm-hmm. And because um, heart of the South the winner is the queen of the South. So I'm now the king and the queen. But just just and, know, just know the state of Tennessee has passed some interesting laws lately. They may not recognize right. you in the legislature <laughs> as the queen of the South. I'm just yep. going to say that. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, but this this third circle of hell, if you win, I believe the title is Emperor of the Hills. Yes. So there's a part of me that says, well, I need I need to complete. Got to get that. Got to um, get it. Yeah, I, I, ha- I haven't decided. There's also a 48 hour, you know, I'm, I serve on the board of um, GOMU, the Global Organization of Multi-Day Ultra Runners. Yeah. And um, we maintain records for ultra distances that IAU does not maintain records for like 72 hour. And we put on um, multi-day world championships. So we're putting on a 48 hour uh, world championship event in England in August. So oh, that's cool. another possibility for me, except the last time I ran a 48 hour, I swore off them forever. And I said, is, is 48 hours is just too abusive. I'm not going to do anymore. <laughs> so, you got you to run too much. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of opportunities here and you really, I mean, you kind of have to, I mean, you are, you know, Bob, Her- all hail Bob Hearn, king of the road, queen of the road, emperor of the hills. I mean, that is a hell of a title. That's a business card waiting to happen, Bob. Yeah, or at least a tattoo. Right, <laughs> yeah. Right, right, exactly, exactly. I'm in the, uh, I'm in the same boat. Um, I actually, you know, first heard, I think he started advertising this third circle back in December or January of, yeah. and yeah. I actually signed up for third circle in February, but it was contingent upon completing HOTS. Yep. So I've mm-hmm. completed HOTS now, so I'm on the wait list, who knows where, but oh. um, yeah, there's a chance I may see you there and I, I will trip you this time, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> please, 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 Bob, if you guys both end up doing this third circle race, would you yell at him if he doesn't right. wait for biscuits? Right. You'd be like, Jeff, you better get those Jeff, biscuits. Slow down. Jeff, slow down. What did I tell you? Have Just, you learned nothing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. Third Circle is pretty high on the list right now. Uh, well, I'm just going to have to get Christina to take a whole lot of pictures of Tess to put on Facebook yeah. so you can get through your low points by commenting on pictures of oh, my dog. poor dog. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bob, um, if you do end up doing Third Circle, um, I, I do, I mean, we'd have to, I mean, we've got an episode called All Hail 
King Bob Hearn and All Hail Queen Bob Hearn, we'd have to do an episode called All Hail Emperor. <laughs> it's funny every Bob time. Hearn. Every time you mention King Bob, the first thing that comes to my mind the is minions. the minions. Yeah, King yeah. Bob, hail yeah. King Bob. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but please, will you will you do that if you do third third circle and you win? Will the emperor come on the adventure jogger to talk more about this stuff? Any anytime. You guys are you guys are awesome. Always love hanging out here hey and i appreciate all that spotify money coming from bob hearn listening yes <laughs> I, I i do have a shark story what do you want to end on a shark? <laughs> bob do you want to end your episode on a shark story <laughs> go for it jeff here we go so at at mile x because i really don't recall what mile it was i had a little movement action yeah yeah, yeah. people your I, age tend to have I, that i think it was maybe maybe due to hunt's pizza the the day before yeah, okay in yeah. the heat yeah and i carried in a pack for a while and oh. got hot and ate it anyways yeah but a little incident and um end up going about five plus miles like that so, you went, so, you went, you, went, you poop in your shorts for five miles? I didn't say poop. I said, <laughs> I, so I find a Dollar General. Yeah. And I said, where's your restroom? And they're like, it's in the back. So I start heading that way and she goes, you need the key. So I, she yeah. hands me the key and I go back there and I go in the bathroom and I'm yeah, cleaning up. Yeah, yeah. And it dawns on me that this cleanup's not going so well. <laughs> so I'm running out of things to, to clean with. Just know Bob's parents are going to be listening to this. So just, so, just, just know. So I, much like Black Canyon race many years prior, take off my shorts. and You're in a Dollar General with no pants on in the bathroom. Using the sink. Yeah. Wash my shorts. <laughs> With soap, with soap, yeah. and put them back on and moved out. <laughs> Congratulations, Bob! It was great. I mean, it's on your win. It's these things. These things happen, you know. I guess. And with that, that's ultra running. That it is. It is. That it is. Hey, great mm -hmm. talking to you, Bob. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you so much. Thanks. Wow.